welcome to series three of my podcast, Innovation, where we get to hear stories and experiences of incredible women in science and technology. Not only will you get some insights into some fascinating innovations, but you may also even relate to their stories, especially if you're a little unconventional or non-conforming yourself. As with all science and technology, what these women do for a living has a real impact on all of our lives, and we don't often realise it. But here on Innovation, I'm also giving women a platform for them to be heard and for us to be inspired and uplifted by what they've learned along their life's journeys, both personally and professionally. This week, I talked to mechanical engineer Nika Sedgi, who has many dimensions to her personality, not just mechanical engineering, but athletics and nutrition. And she has a blog which she tells about in this particular conversation. And she also wanted me to remind everyone that she is willing to answer absolutely anyone who reaches out to her asking for her advice, whether that's engineering or nutrition or athletics. So please do get in touch via her Instagram. Okay, over to the conversation. Enjoy. My name is Nika Sedgi. I'm a full-time mechanical engineer. And uh, on the side, I am a uh, certified nutrition coach and personal trainer. Oh, wow. That's so, that's so many things. <laughs> it's a like strange combination, right? Not yeah. many people... Yeah, Very go for all three. Very conflicting, right. It's uh, essentially what I wanted to do was, obviously engineering is my passion. It's what I went to school for. I love problem solving, but um, I've always been very athletic, very been into sports. So I played college water polo, did some bodybuilding shows, some television shows. And when you are the face of nutrition, health, wellness, and um, I would say, I hate the word influencer, but when you're influencing a fitness diagram uh, demographic, I thought it'd be important to get the certifications to back up the things you were saying. There's so much just horrible information out there that is misleading people. And I just didn't want to add to that bundle of humans. <laughs> right. Okay. So what you're saying is that you actually are qualified in a number of things. Yes. <laughs> Wanted to make sure it's coming from a place of education. Right. Okay. So yeah. let's take each thing kind of like separately um, sure. Why mechanical engineering? Because it's the same thing I studied. And I don't know about you, but when I first went to university to do that subject, mm -hmm. there were hardly any women. Yeah, still hardly, hardly any, um, to be honest. I think I remember being one of maybe five girls in my class, especially as you started to go up. I feel like at the beginning, there were some optimistic females that thought they wanted it and their parents were forcing them to do it or whatnot. But as we got to our senior level classes, it continued to wither down. So um, you said, why mechanical? In high school, I had a teacher and she had us do one project and it was like, learn a little bit about each type of engineer and figure out what you'd be interested in. And it was one class of presentations where you got to see what a mechanical engineer does, what an aerospace engineer does. And I just fell in love with, okay, mechanical, mechanical seems to fit the bill. This is what I'm going for. And it seemed to be honestly the most diverse. And the funny thing is after I graduated, um, I did a little bit of um, medical device R&D, but right after that, it was five years of aerospace engineering in terms of the company that I was working for. So did a lot of aerospace, tons of airfoils. Um, and now I'm back in product development and 
I would say closer to more mechanical, mechanical engineering on a regular basis, testing and getting my hands on things again. And it's been, it's been really nice. Yeah. I mean, it's all the good stuff of mechanical engineering. All the good stuff. Yeah. It's like the best of everything and you can kind of be utilized everywhere is the way I like to advertise it. Right. And it's actually very creative, like all that design and using CAD and sketching ideas and. Yeah. Artistic if you need it to be, you know. Yeah. And you need it to aesthetically look pleasing. Yeah. Depending on what, what you do. So what was it about mechanical engineering where you were like, oh my gosh, like this is totally for me. Um, to be honest, when, when I was little, um, I really liked Legos. I really liked building my own ramps. I really liked problem solving. Um, it was like, tell me I have duct tape nails and you know, it sounds so cliche, but it was like, what are my, what are my options to play around with? What do I need to get fixed? And I love fixing it. And it started around the house. So that's, that's kind of what started it. It was like DIY network, uh, watching painting shows. And when people would come over to the house, like lots of handymen would come over and I would always be hovering over like, what's going on? How is this being fixed? And, and then soon enough, I was like, oh, there's a degree for this. We could, we could really, really enjoy this. So it was really the problem solving that I fell in love with. And then engineering just gave the tools and a lot more technical tools to get there. <laughs> So why do you think girls kind of dwindle out, even if they do choose mechanical engineering? And why don't the bulk hmm. of girls think that it's a subject for them? That's a great question. Um, to be honest, I think not seeing very many other females in the industry um, could be it. It's kind of really nice when you see someone in your family or a friend that is close to you that has done it to know that, oh, I do fit in there. That is something I can do. I can hold my own um, where I, I just don't think that representation is there and it's not socially as normal, if that makes sense. You know, everyone's always like uh, you're that strong, independent, she can do it herself, you know, type of woman to, to get there. And although that helps, like, I think it would be so nice if we can inspire younger women to get, to get in the field, because here's what I've found as I'm sure you have too. I think there are a lot of really strong characteristics that males bring to the industry. And there's a lot of really strong characteristics that females do. So when you put them together and you can bounce ideas back and, and I'll note when the men that you're working with are open to your opinions and listening, not just shrugging it off and, brushing it off their shoulders, like really powerful stuff can come out of it. A, a lot of times I've noticed um, some of the stuff that maybe is more detail oriented, and this is just my experience, detail oriented and requires a little bit more patience. Maybe I can, you know, plow through and figure out and maybe there's some other things that guys do. So I, it's just, it's been a really nice balance to have both when you are, I would say, equally accepted and just your opinions are listened to. And I'm sure you understand what I'm talking about. <laughs> I totally understand what you are talking about, but also yeah. I think it's not just engineering. I think the mm -hmm. lack of diversity is particularly bad in engineering, but what you've just <laughs> said can be applied to many things in life. You know, it's just Definitely. so good to be united, um, to have different perspectives, to have different experiences and you know kind of opinions yep. and that's what absolutely absolutely
Yeah. Absolutely. Really, really understanding that you can take and learn from anyone. It doesn't matter their experience because oftentimes you get into an industry, you start doing something over and over again, the same way, applying the same principles. And someone new that has never looked at this problem is like, have you tried this? And you're like, hmm, no, I overlooked that. That's great. Let's revisit that. And what comes out of that is really nice. <laughs> yeah. So what are you working on now? So right now I'm working on um, medical diagnostic tests. So right now, different customers, we're contractors, but if you come to us and you want to develop a COVID test, a, uh, I'm right now a lot of microfluidics. So uh, I'm working on an HIV test, a syphilis test, a PCR handheld test. Um, trying to think what else just that I can disclose so far that that's what I can say. So that's it's been, it's, it's a lot. It's really cool. So in our industry, there's a lot of scientists and companies that come to us and say, we need this amount of buffer to be added to this lateral flow strip, have it heated up or, and then, you know, have it press this button. I mean, their, their biggest, whatever they can accomplish on a bench top, they come to us when they want to really mass produce and sell and make money on this product that they essentially want to develop. And we're the ones that prototype it and make it come to life. Right. So I mean, um, I kind of want to ask you what tools you use, but before I get to that question, I mean, sure. a lot of girls are maybe put off by the fact that engineering um, is a subject that is assumed to need maths and physics. Yes, yes, so definitely. I mean, you definitely need it to get through your school, most definitely, as you would know, right? Like, there's just no way you're not going to get through Calc 1 through three differential equations, you know, statics, dynamics, all, all the above. So you most definitely need it. But would I say I'm one that it came easy to, it felt great? No, 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 no. I was the one that had to drill it over and over and over again, consistently that, like, B plus, A minus student, like, it, it didn't just come to me it was a struggle um but I think once you make it and maybe you can speak to this as well once you make it are you doing those hand calculations anymore no but it's important to understand when the computer or something outputs a number like if it's a negative like should that be negative like you need to be able to understand when these programs or softwares are putting out invalid numbers so you can kind of scratch your head and think oh are one of my inputs wrong let me double check that so Am I just like cranking out hand math? No, definitely not. So I hope every female watching is encouraged by like, just get through the math and it gets better is what I want to say. But um, yeah, that it, it's definitely needed. It's uh, that, that perspective is needed when you're in the industry. It's just not something you do on a regular, regular day. Yeah. I mean, the reason why I ask you is because I took a particularly academic route. Um, okay. But I am writing a book at the moment about engineers from all kinds of backgrounds. And I've met many apprentices who sure. were just not academically inclined. And <laughs> they are like such brilliant engineers. And yes. I'm like, wow, engineering is so broad. And I happen yeah. to have chosen like a really, really difficult path. But sure. Um, and I think that kind of difficult path really puts some people off. But, you know, what yeah. I'm pleasantly sort of surprised with is the fact that really many people can go into engineering. 
many people can go into engineering and it doesn't come easy for everyone that picks it. Just like anything, you work hard at it, you practice at it, you have a good tutor, you get through it. So that should never be a deterrent. Um, And I'll just be honest, like I said, it, it did not come easy to me. It was repeatability, just practicing over and over again, as with anything. You struggle with something, you put your mind to it, you get enough reps, you're there. Now, that really is like a smooth transition into the <laughs> athletic side of things, the reps. There we go. Um, but I yep. have to say on that note, like I really, really uh, resonate with you because it didn't come easily to me either. But there was just something so satisfying about cracking those formulas. Yes. And kind of eventually getting there. You're like, oh. Yes. If you're type A, honestly, this is for you. There is reason for everything and that professor could literally tell you where that formula came from and it's not just like oh yeah yeah take my word on it so it's like if you really wanted to go to office hours and have someone show you how they got there and why we're using these formulas like it all makes sense there's a formula to everything when you see x y this is what you do you know you plug it in and boom answer so it's very like you said satisfying when it's a consistent uh protocol to get your output that's very satisfying. We're like art and random things like that. They're like, well, depending on if it feels right. I'm like, no, no, I don't, nothing feels right. I need, I'm very like input output. I know what to do if <laughs> things stay similar. Yes. There's a little bit of variable variability, I should say, but you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I do know what you mean. And I'm going to try and get back to that point. I hope I remember it. Um, okay. But that kind of mindset the alpha yep. female, the kind of, you know, logic, rationale, like, yep. do you apply that to athletics then, do you reckon? Yeah, most definitely. I feel like it's just the way I'm wired. Um, I, I would say, I don't want to say I struggle with artistic things because I, I love to edit video, Photoshop. Um, I love to, it sounds weird, like coloring in random drawings. I, I OCD with like the lines need to be there and I need to color it in perfectly and make it work well. But um, I'm sure that's it, symbolic in some way. It, right. Right. But that that's definitely how it's, how it's always worked in athletics too. You put your mind to something, you start practicing at it. You're not good at it. You drill it over and over and over again until it gets easier. And then it's crazy because people just see the output and they're like, well, oh, you're just so good at it naturally. And you're like, absolutely not. I just didn't post my hours of failures on this highlight reel of social media where you've seen just my successful output after the hours of training. So yeah, it's, I I did this speech for um, a full school. It was like 800 young women in, in high school and they were just, you know, seeing my social media page, seeing the TV shows and whatnot. And the one message I really wanted to show them was like, hold on, I'm in front of you. Let me tell you all my failures, all the times I didn't make it, all the things that didn't make the resume. So you guys aren't just in this world of seeing what's on social media or seeing what's broadcasted on national television and thinking that's it. Like we, I feel bad for the kids that are growing up nowadays that are just surrounded by this perfect image of social media where it's not like that. That's what I mean. Like really highlighting those failures for the people. So they understand that like, Oh, I'm right on track. I'm still struggling. Yep. I did too. I didn't make that travel roster. I didn't start and play the entire game, but all you see on my resume is, you know, D one water polo player. Wow, man. I suck. If I didn't get into D one, no, no, that's not it at all. Like you're getting evaluated by 
a top tier school and you're prioritizing your education, which is what I always say, even though I did athletics, it's very fun. I love it. I was fortunate enough to go to a school that also the engineering program was great and very pleased with it. But a lot of people will like go to a different school just for their sport and get like some degree just because they're paying for it, but like not prioritizing that. I mean, sports are four or five years of NC2A eligibility And then you're living the rest of your life with whatever degree you have. So one phrase my mom always said at the beginning as, you know, college athletes like the party and whatnot, that she was like, Nika, work hard now and live the rest of your life comfortably or party around, play around, kind of screw around in this portion, the small portion of your life. And I don't want to say struggle the rest of your life, but in some sense, (laughs) make it more challenging to live a comfortable life for the rest of your life. And it just stuck. And I was like, okay, I could put my head down and work and skip some parties. And I mean, I was still social, but definitely had to prioritize the tests, the homework, the labs. And it's truly, I would say, paying off now where you're just like, wow, okay, I see it. This is worth it. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. I mean, discipline is so essential. Like, I think if I was to look back on my sort of career journey, I would say Mm -hmm. that the things that have really got me uh, places are hard work um, and discipline and like literally self-drive because no one, you know, like having the willingness and putting that time in and, you know, and wanting to succeed. I mean, no one can give that to you. Mm Mm-mm. That's, that's truly, it's that desire to want it more than anything else. Just like, again, with sports, all the above, quick, quick transition, right? (laughs) Yeah. And actually, like, in speaking to you, um, it's not unusual of the engineers I've met, um, for them to have another interest that seems Mm -hmm. contrary. Um, You know, I remember filming something um with um an archer an olympic archer and he was also an engineer and um he was like yeah most of the people on our arching olympic team are in some kind of stem subject i was like yeah this i mean not only that it's like it's a good getaway right like you're drilling technical cad all day and it's really nice to have a getaway whether that's dancing working out i mean all of that is great. But in my mind, like even when I was bodybuilding, like I would really try to like apply what I learned in statics and dynamics, my like leverage and grabbing and holding these machines. And really it, it was like a fun little exercise, I would say in my brain to be like, how can I most optimally lift this heavy object? Sounds super nerdy, but like, that was my, my little fun. I was like, okay, I understand the way the anatomy is working to pull said weight because I now understand where the muscle insertions are. And again, I just think of it as like a rod with hinges and <laughs> different levers. And I was like, this is, this is cool. Okay. I no, get so it. I'm talking my language. <laughs> there we go. Whilst I was doing Mechenge, I was also studying classical ballet and like oh, wow. things like, you know, pirouetting and like when yes. you're on point and kind of the yep. force on my point shoe and things like that. Yes. Like, you can't help, but. I'm so glad you said that. Uh, So I literally just as two months ago started roller skating and it's the same exact thing. I'm like, how do you, 
how do you, okay, if I, if I put more weight here over this set of trucks and then this should create an axis here, I'll be able to spin around. Oh, that's, a, I mean, literally what you just said. It's, we like, can't stop. It's like the, it's yeah. the way we see the world and it's a beautiful thing. And it is. certain sports just like highlight your abilities more to succeed slash be more optimal in it, whether it's cycling or anything. I feel like I've done it all, but. Okay. So with the sports then, um, it wasn't just bodybuilding then. No. So it was, it was five years of water polo and before that swimming. And so I've lived in a pool basically my whole life (laughs) growing up. And then we did four bodybuilding shows and then we did our first television show and then we did um, our second, and then we did a strongman competition. So it's been like anything and everything. And then after that, we sold our car and biked around for an entire year, like road biking. So we've dabbled in a good amount. It's been very fun. Uh, challenged myself in all sorts of different ways. But again, it's always been the fun getaway after work. And when you say we, <laughs> me, myself, and I. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, so like you've got the mechanical engineering going on, you've got the sports going on. Um, what were the TV shows about? So the, the first one was Steve Austin's uh, Broken Skull Ranch. That was on CMT. Basically just, uh, at, are you familiar with that show? No. Okay, perfect. Uh, you take competitors, there's different obstacles and challenges, and you're basically like racing or like brawling it out. So um, I think my my first one on CMT was like a pit of water. I jumped in with another girl and you basically had to wrestle short of like physically punching someone was the only rule, right? It was brawl it out and first person to jump up and touch that bell wins. So just like fun because I was a water pole player. I was like, I definitely know how to move and adjust someone's weight in the water. Let's do this in a background in Taekwondo. So wrestling again, or like jujitsu, a little bit of background was ideal. Did, did well on that. Uh, didn't make it to the finals though, made it to the second, second tier. And then the most recent was uh, Dwayne, the rock Johnson, the NBC Titan games, which was his first season. And what was really cool is he was highlighting like you're just the quote unquote everyday American that is like also athletic and enjoying being physical and look at what you can do as in like you sit at a desk for eight hours a day as well. And yet you're still making time to prioritize fitness and be strong. And that's what we're trying to show the world. Like this isn't just some crazy athlete that trains a professional athlete that trains eight plus hours a day, focuses their day on getting massages and recovering and eating perfectly and is doing well. That's really easy to look at. I wouldn't say easy to look at, but still you're like, that makes sense. I get it. But when you see someone that is doing exactly what you're doing, working 40 to 50, 60 hour weeks, standing, sitting at a desk all day and still makes time to train and still can perform at what I would say a decent level, not like the professional, whatever, but it was uh, what his goal was, was to, I guess, inspire just the regular American that they too can do it. Look at all these people with these different backgrounds. We had firefighters and maybe that's a more physical one, but nurses. um, Yeah. Multiple. I think, I think there was maybe two engineers, um, just all different, all different careers kind of coming together and performing well. And that was very similar. It was just a competition, physical obstacles you had to get over through and uh, made it to, semifinals on that show which is really fun got to be one of his official titans and um 
yeah, after that, the exposure was great because it was on national television. Now it's playing all around the world. Um, and we had people reaching out like, hey, do you want to do this? We'll pay for you to do this. Do you want do you want to do a strongman show? Do you want to like, oh, oh, okay, let's, let's give it all a go. So that's when I really wrote, I rode the wave of national television and um, not great that at that competition, I snapped my humerus in half, but um, I think that was the injury that shaped kind of where I am today athletically and how hard I'm pushing. And my, my whole life has been eat, sleep, train since college, right? It's been, I'm prioritizing my academics or work and, some competition. And we were discussing that kind of type A, all or nothing. It's repeat, drill, drill, drill. That's that's kind of the way I had been. It was like, I re- if I committed to something, I'm really committing to it. And I did that and it was great, but snapping my arm in half, squatting at that competition really just put everything in perspective. When you have 16, 17 weeks in a brace where you can't function with your left arm, you just sit and you're like, is this worth it? Was that worth it? Is what's the return on this investment? If, you know, I'm leg pressing 16 plates, like what if my legs snap? Um, I shouldn't do that. Like why? Just to get some Instagram video or it, it just, it really just put life in perspective. And I was like, movement is a gift. You should not, I don't want to say don't push yourself. I still push myself really hard, but you have to be a lot smarter about it. Also, we're getting older, <laughs> almost 29 years old. We don't recover the way we did when we were 22, 23. Like, I hate to say it, it's the saddest thing, but I'm like, you just have to be smarter. So now it's very just, let's have fun with it. Roller skating has been more, I would say, artistic and fun and euphoric is an understatement. It's been, it's been really, really nice. So still lifting um, just way less frequently and not as vigorous, vigorously, I'd say. There's just no need for the big, 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 big heavy stuff anymore. <laughs> not worth it. First of all, I love the fact that you roller skate and not roller blade. Ah, uh, yes. No, no, no. We are, we are roller skating, all eight wheels. <laughs> and I love the, um, the front stopper as a brake. I've never yep. managed to wrap my head around the back stop as a brake. Interesting you say that because I don't understand the front stop and only understand the back stop. <laughs> Wait, so I've you taken off the back stop on your roller skates? I do not. I do not. I just do a T stop. So and I've taken off the front stop because when you do a lot of the dance moves, that, that gets in the way. So you you shorten it up and put a little uh jam plug essentially in there. But uh, mm-hmm. when I was younger, I used to Probably you made that yourself. Me. No, no, I wish I could. It'd be so easy. It'd be so easy, but I did not. Um, you know, what's funny about that though, as I'm looking at it and I'm, I just ordered my next pair of skates, there's this like really expensive plate. It's a metal plate. And I looked at it and I was like, I could literally make this in CAD and send this to the machine shop. Like it, it I think I could do this better. <laughs> this is so simple. Like I just need my calipers. No problem. Like we'll get it going. So as soon as I, I buy them and have them, I think I'm going to make a CAD model of it just for fun. I love that. That's what we do. We look at something and we're like, we could do this, but better. Yeah. <laughs> so it's been really nice, especially with product development, to be honest, because um, there's so many, I mean, going from aerospace, I wasn't, I wasn't creating new airfoils, if that makes sense. It was very, it's done like this 30 years. This is how we're doing it. Uh, but now I'm like, Ooh, that that's a satisfying click. How did they, what hinge system? Like, you know what I mean? The, the little details of like, 
a cooler. You're like, how does that, you press that button, it snaps over. I'm like looking under the cooler to see like what their mechanism is. I'm like, oh, this is a molded component. I can see all the ejector pin marks. Nice. Okay. Solid. Nice radius is around here. <laughs> like it's, it's so. Oh my God. I would want to just yeah. spend like a day with you to just uh, like be in your brain. Ponder the world. Ponder it. the world. Right. Absolutely. So awesome. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. You know, it's, it's cool. me about your sports what kept ringing in my mind is what your mum said about the kind yes. of shelf life of a sports person. Yeah. So has it played out the way she said it would? It most definitely has. Moms are right. I just, we got to <laughs> say that it's hard to admit it during the time. And it's not that she was saying don't prioritize sports. And I, I actually, I was always frustrated with all of my academic advisors that were like, well, you got to pick engineering or sports. You're really about to graduate here soon. I hated that. I hated that. I was like, no, no, no. This is the time of my life where I am playing sports. I am getting my degree. I can do both. Tons of people have graduated. I graduated with honors. Um, so don't tell me it can't be done. And, um, but don't, don't reroute your education and the school you're going to because you think you're going to be a pro athlete or th that, that was really it. And then the partying or whatnot, like buckle down four or five years live the rest of your life comfortably. And I'll say that has for sure panned out for sure panned out when I, when I think back to, um, and I, and I did a lot of, I was the student athlete advisory committee, uh, president and like chair of the entire mountain West conference. So I was essentially the voice of all the student athletes in that conference going up to the NCA and kind of bringing them ideas, how many hours a week we should be, you know, able to be held for practices and training and, um, it was, it always really kind of bummed me out when I saw these, like, there's certain sports, I won't even name any names that they come in and they're like, I'm not going to go to school to go to school. I'm going to be a pro athlete. Like they're literally just taking, like, it was like, what was the bare minimum classes I could take to stay eligible just to play my sport. And when I now look back and reflect and I see them maybe not in the best careers that they wanted doing something that I would say they're struggling with, I'm like, that didn't pan out. Like I've seen it happen over and over again. And I'm like, if anyone is in that situation where they're juggling sports and most definitely choose the school that is going to propel your career forward. And also hopefully maybe you have an option to play there as well. I was fortunate enough that San Diego state is a D one school, amazing water polo. And it had the practical engineering that I wanted. I know there's a lot of UC programs out there that maybe like you said, academically more rigorous in the sense that, and San Diego State's great now, but I mean, like, it was very theoretical where I was like, no, I want to be in the labs. I want to be actually making things. And San Diego State just had that. And it, it worked out for me. But that would be my, my biggest tip to anyone, any female, anyone <laughs> looking to go to school to play sports and juggle, juggle both. Make sure the, the school is going to, again, propel your career forward <laughs> when you graduate. Well, first of all, congratulations on the honours because it really <laughs> honestly sounds like you've been juggling so much. And it's incredible. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Thank you. But also, it's really, um, you're affirming something that I have um, kind of been uh, detecting as I've been writing this book about academics in engineering and apprentices, okay. people that kind of stumbled on this career and ended up just working really hard and Maybe yep. not necessarily having qualifications of any kind, but just a ton of experience. Sure. And it sounds like from your experience that really you're very much like uh, 
practical person. Um, and engineering really, I mean, here's our chance to kind of um, rewrite the stereotypes or just like the public perception of what engineering is because it's not physics. It's, it's engineering is, well, I'll let you describe what engineering is like. I, I, I really see it as problem solving. People come to you with, I need X, Y, Z. This is what I, these are the walls you need to stay within. Ready, set, go, be creative. Think of concepts, spit them all out, um, and then test them. And then creatively figuring out, how, how can I make this repeatable? Um, so it, it's really, in my, in my eyes, I see it as problem solving. People come to you with some problem, and they say, you have duct tape, a nail, piece of cardboard. I need this to float. Ready, set, go. And at first, I would say, the, someone without, I would say, that engineering or problem solving mindset is like, not possible. There's just no way you can make it float. And we're like, hold on, this is where we thrive. Tell me it can't be done. Tell me what, it, I have duct tape, I have nails and cardboard. Okay, okay, give me 48 hours. Give me 48 hours. I will test this out. I will, I will do this. And that's, I would say, the beauty in engineering. It's the, no one thinks that can be done in that creative way or it hasn't been done. Because if it has, someone's already done it, you know? Um, and then you get to be that like superhero that, come like makes their dream come to life it, at least in the product development world it's really really nice when they're like can we have a button here that does this and then you know it's just they think up these like st storms I would say and it's like yeah hold on let me write all of that down and see how many of those things I can accomplish <laughs> honestly you make engineering sound awesome I'm sitting here going I want to uh, do engineering I'm like oh Wait, my god did it's just, you know, it's so important to choose yes. the right engineering. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I no, mean, definitely. Because could I, could I talk about my last job like this? Absolutely not. And I did that for five years. I've been at this new job for just over six months. And the amount I've learned in this small amount of time is unmatched to the years just doing aerospace work over and over again. Um, that definitely was great in terms of the... CAD experience I gained. I mean, unmatched with the the surfacing and just very very complex assemblies, and uh, that was all on NX. I've had to make the transition to SolidWorks, which has been a bit of an adjustment. But um, so very necessary. Definitely pulled a lot of positives from my last job. But in terms of that, like burning desire, that fun, that problem solving, R and D and product development is just peak peak joy as an engineer. I'd say. Oh wow. It, it sounds like you get to be a kid in a candy store. Yeah, literally. When I got interviewed, we went into the lab. We went through the machine shop and I was like, oh my God, CNC machines. We have laser cutters. We're in the lab. We have 3D printer stuff here. We have fluids to test. It was like, it. imagine just Candyland. Absolute Candyland. Yeah, in our lab. It's so fun. <laughs> yeah, no, you'll get found. I mean, you're, you're That's born cool. to be watched and heard. Uh, I love that. It's so funny because after I got this new job and they found out I was on TV and did a couple of things, they're like, why are you doing engineering? Why aren't you on TV? <laughs> I'm like, here's, here's my answer to that though, because as much as um, my accomplishments and again, bodybuilding, da, 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 or being a news anchor, or what any just television, as much as that's cool, 
there's something really satisfying of knowing like I developed this PCR test that is helping thousands of people identify, or I created that. Like, I feel better about leaving this world being an engineer than just someone who sits on TV and accomplishes a million personal things. I can be the best bodybuilder, the best cyclist, the best rollerblader and be like this idol. But like, what did you leave behind on this planet? Like that, that's like my, like, it always comes down to like the legacy you're leaving behind in this world. And that's why, that's how I got into like nutrition coaching, to be honest. Um, Nutrition coaching. When, whenever you see, here's just a little analogy. When you see like an old lady struggling or something or someone that's like broken, immediately the whole world rushes to them and like helps. Like, can I, can I hold this door? Can I help you with groceries? When you see an overweight person, the first automatic response is you lazy, you piece of, you just suck. You suck at life. Like you're lazy. And I'm like, I see this opportunity of like, no, 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 they're struggling just like that limping athlete, athlete or grandma or her or whatever. Like you need to help them. And um, the way the world goes about nutrition help is just like diet, lose weight, and then this cycle over and over again. Nobody wants to like educate. So again, the engineering brain, I'm like, oh my God, we have my fitness pal, but there's so many wrong entries. What are we going to do? Make your own app, make your own app. So I did it. I made my own app. Um, it's free, like just free content where I'm like, the textbook should be free to everyone. If you want to like learn, learn, here's the book. If you want my coaching, Wait, you can, um, it's, it's a web app and it's literally just, uh, app.neeks93.com. And it's got all this nutrition, like what app.neeks93.com. So on my fitness pal, there's tons of wrong entries, right? So even if someone was like, I know my calorie range, I'm going to hop on and do my fitness pal um, and try logging. If you choose three food items in your regular day that are wrong, your calories are off. You're not losing weight. You're frustrated. You think this is stupid because anyone can add entries. Right. So I was like, nah, I'm going to add all these foods and I'm going to present them in a way that isn't a hundred grams. Does anyone actually, you're, you probably know what a hundred grams is, but everyone here that doesn't understand grams is like, what's a hundred grams. They have no idea 3.5 ounces, what that looks like visually. So I was like, instead of saying a hundred grams, which is the way everything else, every other national standard or whatever the hell I'm like, you know, that square pack of blueberries that that's a hundred calories. And it's, I don't want people counting calories or tracking, but I need them to have the perspective. So they know that croissant equals the same as five pieces of toast and half a stick of butter and two egg whites. If that sounds like a balanced breakfast, Janet proceed at all means. I'm not here to tell you otherwise, but if someone oh, else hears that and they're like, I they're just like, what? Pan of chocolate at the filming thing. Hey, it's okay. That's okay. There's a time and place. There's a time and place, but you get what I'm saying. It, it, it's what you do most consistently, not what you do every once in a while. So that's, that's, and I, I want the mom and the dad to enjoy that cupcake with their kids and, there's so many life memories. It's not an all or nothing. Like, yeah, I could go off. Nutrition is the whole thing, but moral of the story, that engineering brain was like problem solved. If I can control these variables, people will be more successful. Create an app, photos, make it a way that they can measure and visually see it without having to get their stupid measuring cups out or a scale. That's just unrealistic. Like, yeah. So that's what I got really passionate into. And I was known for the nutrition reviews going through labels and highlighting ingredients, making people aware of what they're putting in their bodies. Cause I had a heart condition. That's also why I got recognized for TV. I had a heart condition. And, um, in that moment where they were like, you can't play any sports. So we figured this out. I was like, Oh my God, what variables can I control from this point forward? Anything that goes in my mouth is going to be like with purpose. So that's what I did. I was like, I need to make sure I get my weight in check. I want to make sure it was just 
it's uh, my hyper, like I want to be in control of everything that I can be. So then when things go wrong, I can say I did everything I had control over. <laughs> it's just yeah. us as engineers, right? Oh God, I also wanted to come back to that. Okay. Um, no, it's just one of the questions I really wanted to circle back to was this question of um, logic because mm-hmm. um, logic means that you're very much up here and you're not mm-hmm. necessarily here. Mm, okay. How do you... How, how do you balance both of those? Yeah. I would say um, I definitely drive the train with logic. It, have to make, it has to make sense. I can't just go off a feeling of like, it felt right, I'm going for it. Because when something goes wrong as an engineer, I feel like it's really nice to say, I did this because of X, Y, Z. I've had this prior experience that resulted in X and Y, and that is why I did this. Like it's comforting to know you can explain your failure. As an engineer, there are failures left and right, and usually you have to be able to explain them. So logic is what drives that train. And I usually have a couple of those pins of why I did something. You don't just do something to do something, I'd say. It's always because of a past experience or some driving force that had a good amount of, gave you a good enough amount of confidence to to really try it, if that makes sense. So um, I don't think going with your heart and your feelings (laughs) with engineering goes well. I remember one professor was like, um, we were doing a, it was a civil engineering class and they're like, would you let your parents drive over that uh, bridge or whatever? And we're like, no. Absolutely not. No, no, no. We're too new at this. Um, we're not just going to try it. Like our, our mistakes equal really big failures in the world or it could if it slips by. Um, and, and I think that's why we're so guarded and why we're so committed to being so logical. There are consequences for our mistakes on a much grander scale um, than maybe other industries not saying other industries don't have them because man they sure do but ours are up there in consequences it's interesting though because when you do talk about a lot of your life um there seems to have been major um turning points that have Mm -hmm. caused you to take a new direction totally out of your control and you know it's interesting getting your backside kicked in that yeah. way yeah for someone like you who is like so through and through an engineer it's kind of because <laughs> I'm quite spiritual and it's kind of interesting how um the universe kind of goes nope sorry you are gonna look it, it <laughs> takes those kicks because we're stubborn we think we can do it we think we're superheroes we think we're the exception to the rule because as an engineer we consistently prove that you tell me it can't be done I'm doing it that's what we do So I'm so blessed for these reroutes in life where I've had to sit back and be like, oh, this isn't my path. This is not my path. This is not my path. Got it. Got it. Got it. So, yeah, it's it takes that. It takes that to steer an engineer in a different direction. A physical lift, twist, push. (laughs) Yeah. Engineering is really becoming very digital. Um, And a lot of people don't necessarily lump that in with engineering um are you finding Mm. in your job that you're having to become more um sort of ones and zeros (laughs) oh ones and zeros 
I, I really can't say with since since my projects are so diverse and so many different unique little problems to solve. I, I don't see that here. I saw that at my last job, most definitely. I mean, when you're doing the same thing over and over again, um, I was taking drawing at my last job. I was taking drawings from the 60s and 70s that were hand-drawn components, creating those components and validating them out five decimal places out on repeat over and over again. Was there creativity and problem solving in being able to get a CAD software to develop and match these contours and shapes? Yes, but it wasn't my creativity that designed that in the first place. So it was very just like, okay, here we go. Same problem, trying to fit a radius in here. It's not sticking. Okay, let's get creative. Are we uniting the body? Are we offsetting a surface to create this like there was so there was creativity in your problem solving to make somebody else's design come to life that and in that sense it felt very ones and zeros it wasn't this white canvas that I was painting myself with an idea that I developed and you are so much more excited to make it work when you thought of it you're like no no no, this has got to work let me hold on it's got to be possible but when it's someone else's idea, you're like, mm, okay, less, less joyful. <laughs> you know, this conversation is so crucial in highlighting the fact that engineering is an industry full of possibilities and opportunities. Because oh, yeah. Honestly, if you were to get a snapshot of your last five years and have to promote that, to one who's considering maybe if engineering's for them like yeah. I'm sure it wouldn't you wouldn't have the same enthusiasm as you have today and and it's that enthusiasm that I think is crucial as a role model um definitely are there any other insights that you can give like and would we say just any engineer not just females right just like young engineer interested in someone who's maybe watching this that loves Legos building things problem solving and, and 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 actually intimidated by the idea of and intimidated it. by it yeah i would absolutely say you need to not be intimidated the support is there the tutors are there there is nothing i mean this world is so developed you will have the support needed to get where you want to get if you decide you want to get there period just like with everything else um don't think that you need to be amazing at math and science i'll be honest electrical engineering almost killed me um, chemistry almost killed me. Like if I can't see valence electrons and I can't see electricity, the, the left-hand rule thumb, current, it, I got there. <laughs> Let me tell you, I got there, but it didn't come easy. It, it wasn't, it's not like, Oh, only the girls that, or I would say people that it came easy to, you know, no, if you have this burning desire to like problem solve and you like doing things with your hands and you can three-dimensionally see objects, if this is, if you're hearing this and you're like, that's me gun it, send it full send, choose the degree, grind out those years. You'll have the support. You'll have the tutoring. Do it. Best decision, best decision we've ever made, honestly. And, and I owe it to that high school teacher. It was a high school engineering course and she was a female teacher. She was like, engineering is cool. Let me show you some CAD. And it was that exposure at that young age and having a machine shop and getting the drill and saw and I was like this is my world so Deborah Elliott one of my uh teachers in high school that I owe my whole career to <laughs> well honestly Nika like listening to you 
just has fired me up about <laughs> like I'm I love so it. I did for you and the job that you're doing and I'm so Aww. genuinely happy for you being able to do all these different things in your life that are seemingly disconnected but actually <laughs> extremely connected because you need you an engineer's mindset yeah and, and you know um in talking to you I just feel like actually engineers um should be multi-dimensional people because when you've got that attitude oh, yeah. wanting to solve problems it's kind of like the sky's the limit it is it really is it genuinely is you can be used anywhere job security guys is great we made it through a pandemic and we were an essential employee so if that's any extra perk to to really um pick a degree and a job that is going to always be needed this is it <laughs> Nika you're a total inspiration thank you for <laughs> giving us an insight into your world um, of course very multi-dimensional worlds good luck with your job and um, you. I hope you get back um, into sports the way you were in sports but if nothing else good luck with that roller skating sounds thank awesome. you thank you we're having a ton of fun appreciate it thank you for the opportunity to speak on your uh, channel thanks for listening and please do subscribe to this podcast and maybe even rate and review it if you can the more ratings and reviews and the more interest from those trusty algorithms which could help to increase the reach of this show and you can watch the video recording of this conversation on youtube on my new series called esteemed it's all about self-discovery self-evolution and inclusivity on innovation Let's all strive to be in the best versions of ourselves and celebrate others being themselves too. As always, be kind and loving, and I wish you all a great week.